Well, let's do this. Let's turn our Bibles to Psalm 103. I bet you're going to be really glad that you came to church today. King David said, I was glad when they said, let's go. Let's go to the house of the Lord. I like to follow people that are successful. And King David said, man, I love it. I love going to church. In Psalm 103, I want to talk to you about something just for a few minutes today. And I want to title this, Take It All. Just take everything the Lord's provided. Don't wait for it to fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. The Lord told us we have a part to play in taking and receiving what he's done for us. But I'm telling you, the Lord has done so much for us. Some people believe a part of what he's done for us. Some people believe a little bit. Some people believe a little more. I say we just believe it all. Anybody with me this morning? How many want to believe it all? I don't believe, I don't believe Jesus went through what he went through to provide all these amazing things for us and then us not take them all. And here's the thing you need to realize. God can't take for you. He can't receive for you. Our part is believing. Our part is receiving. His part is providing. He's a perfect provider. Actually, if you're, if you're going to pray any prayer, you might want to pray, Lord, help me receive. Help me be a better receiver. Because you don't have to pray that he, he, he will give what he's already given or what he wants you to have. What we need to pray is, Lord, help me to receive these things into my life. Here and now. Thank you, Carla. <laughs> my coat was... So Psalm 103, let's talk about take it all. Let me show you something King David said in Psalm 103. And I want to talk to you about what God has provided. Then I want to talk to you about how to receive it. Does that sound good to anybody? So in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, this is David. This is the Word of God talking to everybody on the planet. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul. So really he's talking to himself. Because sometimes you've got to tell yourself, hey, quit being so down. Be happy. Jesus has paid way too great a price for you to walk around with your head down. Amen. I mean, let's face it. If all that he did was now we get to go to heaven and not have to go to hell, that'd be enough to be happy about all your life. But he's done a lot more than that, too. That's the biggest. But I want you to notice what David said. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Because you're not always going to feel like it. Sometimes you've got to talk yourself into it. Next verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all God's benefits. Before you go to the next verse, I want you to think about this. He's he's saying to himself, David, don't you forget all the powerful things the Lord has done for you. Sometimes you have to look in the mirror and say, hey, you, get happy. Jesus has done a lot for you. Believe it. Receive it. Right? See, this is when you go, this is where you go from existing in life to actually enjoying life. When you start believing things the Lord says in His Word. So He said, Don't forget all His benefits. Everybody say all. all. How many want to remember all His benefits? How many the next time a problem comes against you, you want to remember He's got an answer for that? Hmm? Now, now you ready? How many you want to see some of His benefits to making Jesus the Lord of your life? Next verse. Jesus, one of the things the Lord does is he forgives all your iniquities. Amen. <laughs> That's really good news. We should all have been dancing right there because that means any sin you've ever committed or ever will commit, he loves you so much he wants to wipe it all away. 
He wants to, you know, there's a scripture in the same psalm here. A few verses later, it says, God has not dealt with us after our sins. That's a good place to shout. I'm going to say it again. God has not dealt with us after our sins. If he had, we'd be toast a long time ago. Piles of ashes everywhere. Has he rewarded us according to our iniquities? We did not get the punishment we deserve. And that's a real good thing. How many think that's a really good thing? You know what mercy means? And the Bible says God's mercy is over all people who who want it. They can tap into it. Mercy means you and I don't get the punishment we deserved. You know what grace means? Grace means we get the blessings we don't deserve. Everybody say it's a real good thing. <laughs> so one of his benefits is what church? He forgives 99.9% of all your sins. You know that one real bad one? God's pretty ticked off at you about that. No, no. Say this. God is not ticked off. Did you know the Bible says in the New Testament that God is not holding your sins against you? Did you know that? The Bible says if we confess our sins, you know, just be honest. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If people knew the real Jesus, they would absolutely love him. If all celebrities in Hollywood knew the real Jesus, they'd quit making jokes about him. They'd fall on their face and they'd worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because the real Jesus is amazing. Come on. He's called the Prince of the Kings of the Earth. He's called the bright and morning star friend who sticks closer than a brother. Alpha and Omega beginning in the end, the resurrection, the life captain of our salvation, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he reigns. And many more names are ascribed to our Lord. If people knew the real Jesus, they'd love him. But the problem has been they've heard a lot of misinterpretations about Jesus. Sometimes it's come from pulpits. Sometimes people, you know, they have, they have brought the word down to the level of their experience. You know, well, I didn't get this and I didn't get that. So I guess the Lord doesn't want me to have it. You know, sometimes Jesus doesn't want to help you. No, that's bringing the word down to your level of experience. Let's bring all our experiences up in light of the word. He forgives all your iniquities. Come on, church. He forgives all your iniquities. The Bible says in Revelation, his blood washes away all of our sins. And what you need to do is you need to believe that that's true. Because if you don't believe it's true, even though it happened, you'll still walk under this cloud and this guilt and this depression. The blood of Jesus reaches to our conscience and cleanses it. And that's a really important thing. People think, well, I just messed up too bad. Well, I have news for you. You didn't mess up as bad as some people that God has forgiven and cleansed. As a matter of fact, I know I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, even as a Christian and even in the ministry. I've made a lot of mistakes. Just like Mandy said, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you don't, you, know, you don't slip and stumble. We're all works in progress here. But we're born again Amen. while the outward's being refined. And, you know, some people think, well, I've just messed up too bad and I don't know if God will forgive me. And they walk under this cloud of guilt all their life. You need to get rid of that cloud of guilt by believing that the blood of Jesus has cleansed you completely. 
There is no sin that His blood cannot cleanse. Do you all realize that um, the, the windshield in your car is bigger than the rear view mirror for a reason? Because it's more important where you're going in life than where you've been. It's not what you've done. It's what you do afterwards that counts. Are you listening? The Bible said, now listen, the Bible says a good man falls seven times and gets back up. It didn't say a bad man. See, the devil will lie to you and say, you've fallen again. You are a bad person. Tell the devil to shut up. Tell those thoughts to take a hike in the name of Jesus and say a good man falls seven times, but, but I'm not staying down. I'm getting up and I'm going on. Now, the wicked, they fall, they fall headlong in the mischief. They don't care about getting back up. But I'll tell you what, God will forgive you as many times as you want to get up. Come on. Hmm? And there's a guy, a king in the Old Testament, in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings, in Second Chronicles. It says that there was a, a king named Manasseh. And you talk about a bad dude. The Bible says... He made Israel to sin worse than the heathen. He sought witchcraft, enchantments. He sought familiar spirits. He is dealing around in the occult. It says Manasseh caused his children to pass through the fire. Well, is there any hope for somebody like that? See, now you're feeling better about your sins, aren't you? (laughs) You think, now, of course, you live like that, you're going to be... You're going to get into affliction. You're going to open the door to the enemy. He's going to attack you. And you're going to be in affliction one way or the other. And he did. He got brought into affliction. He was captured by the enemies. And they were torturing him. And the now listen, one of the most amazing scriptures in the whole Bible. It says, And Manasseh, in his affliction, humbled himself greatly before God and cried out to God for mercy. And God got him out of affliction, brought Manasseh back to his kingdom, And he lived out his life. Don't tell me you've sinned too bad. The guy was a bad guy. That's just some of the things that he did. But he got to the point where he realized, you know what? (laughs) And it also said he rejected the correction of the Lord time and time and time again. How many glad the Lord's mercy endures forever? Well, he got out of his problems. You can get out of your problems because one of the benefits that you need to take into your life by believing what God said is he forgives all your iniquities. This same, ver- this same chapter here, Psalm 103, it says that God cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. You better be glad he didn't say north to south. Because there's an end. You go north and then you start going south. Then you start going north. There's an end. But east to west, you think about it, you go east, you forever go east. You go west, you forever go. That's as far as, that's how far he cast your sins away. Is the east from the west, they're gone. One scripture says he cast your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. And I add my translation and he puts up a no fishing sign. All right, moving right along. So one of the things that, one of the things you need to take into your life by believing What Jesus has done, take forgiveness into your life. Get that cloud off your life. Get that sense of unworthiness and that sense of lack of faith off your life. You don't have to bear it. He bore it for you. His blood was shed so you could go free. He died so you could live. Say this, I'm forgiven. Whether I feel like it or not. All right, second benefit. Anybody want to see another benefit that you need to take by faith? See, if you believe this scripture, it'll work for you. 
If you believe other scriptures about him forgiving you, it'll work for you. Right. It doesn't work for you just because it's in the Bible. You got to say, I believe that, Lord. Yeah. I believe it against feelings and against circumstances. I believe it. Right. And then the power of God starts to work in your life and you start to sense the freedom of God in your life. Anybody want to see another benefit that's just as real, just as powerful, and just as all of in- inclusive as this? Next verse. Same, same, same psalm. Next verse. I'm sorry, same verse. Go back. <laughs> that's even better. And what else does he do? Come on, what else does he do? Everybody say all. 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 Well, why would the whole church world... Stand up, clap, and go, Woo, he forgives all mine iniquities. The whole church world would agree with that. Why would a very small percent of the church world agree with the second part of this verse? Same verse. How many diseases? How many? He heals how many? We well, say, Pastor, but my disease isn't healed. Well, hold on a second. He said he'd heal all your diseases just like he forgives all your iniquities. I wonder if you put as much faith in the healing part as the forgiving part. Maybe you see the healing in your life. There's no maybe about it. Jesus said, if we believe, we will see the healing power of God in our life. If we believe, we'll see forgiveness. If we believe. Now, there's some things I'm still believing for. And I've been a Christian for decades. I just refuse to give up. I refuse to back down. I'd rather go out of this round believing God. And nothing show up, then go out of this round doubting and wondering. So everybody say, number two. He heals all our diseases. Now you say, well, pastor, that's all passed away. Physical healing has passed away. Let me tell you what's passed away. Healing hasn't passed away. Preaching divine healing has passed away. And therefore, people have not had the faith they need to appropriate healing like they've appropriated forgiveness you got to hear things over and over again if you want your faith to come up in those areas. That's why we're called Faith Heights Church. The Lord shared this with me a long time ago in my heart. You know, just I knew in my heart. He said, I want you to help people in this valley learn what it means to have faith in God. Faith for salvation. Faith for forgiveness. Faith for healing. Faith for freedom from depression. Faith for the healing of a broken heart. Faith for prosperity. How many know your father cares about every area of your life? One of the things Jesus came to do was to preach the good news to the poor, which is you don't have to be poor no more. Right? A lot of people think, well, God doesn't care about us in that area. Then he wouldn't be a really good father. He wouldn't be a well-rounded father. He cares about every area of your life. You know, there's a revelation. There's something that came to me when I first got saved, not too long after I was saved. This, this word came to us as a church that God is not opposed to his children being wealthy. He's opposed to his children being covetous. The Bible didn't say money is the root of all evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, erred from the faith, pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The love, everybody say the love of money is the root of all evil. God's not opposed. If if God was opposed to us being wealthy and yet he has streets of gold where he lives, then he'd be a hypocrite. Well, I say, Pastor, but I thought prosperity ruined people. No, the Bible says prosperity ruins fools. 
And we ain't fools. Prosperity is a tool to help do things like we're doing today. Right? Going on online with the cameras and on TV eventually and, and the building and the chairs and everything, the staff. It's a tool. Now, keep going in that verse. Let's go to the next verse now. Another benefit that we need to take into our lives by believing is He redeems our lives from destruction. That would include problems you created yourself. Mandy quoted the scripture. Galileo referred to it as well. That God sent His Word to heal us. That's why we're so big on the Word. If you want healing, you need to get in the Word. God sent His Word to heal you and to deliver you from your destructions. Anybody created any problems in their life besides me? Did the Lord deliver you from your own dumb mistakes? He did. Man, He does it over and over. Now, we don't want to just keep living that way and taking advantage. But you're going to slip at times. And when you do, know that He's not mad at you. and He wants to get you out of that mess. The enemy is a liar. He'll come to you disguised as God at times. I'm God and you did wrong and bang, you deserve this. No, tell those thoughts to shut up. Jesus loves you. And he has only good in store. Turn to another scripture. Actually, look at the rest of this. He redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindnesses and tender mercies. And he wants to satisfy your mouth. One translation says your desires with good things. So your youth is renewed like the eagles. This has happened for me and Carla. You didn't know we were 104 years old, did you? We look pretty good. Actually, actually, there are, there are people at times they'll see us in town and we'll start talking about our kids. And they go, oh, you got kids? And we go, oh, we got grandkids. And our oldest grandkids right here on the front row, Hunter, he's 18. And they go, what? And they say, you don't look like you don't look old enough to have the, the, that old grandkids. We say, well, that's what going to church all the time does for you. There's some side effects to going to church. <laughs> and they're really good side effects. It's so cool to see our whole family. My, my guest Calvin on the front row here today. Calvin and I, we go way back, man. We, we, we were in bands and we were living very dangerous lives. And I invited him today. He came. Thank you, Calvin, for coming to church and being my guest today. I appreciate it. You can give my friend a hand clap. It's real interesting, you know, but when we were back in the day, I'm going to say this about Calvin, when we were back in the day, we were in all kinds of bands, cigarette, uh, all kinds of bands. We were doing crazy things. But we, we were actually, I think my mom, I don't know if your mom, but if it hadn't been for the prayers of some mom somewhere, we would have been dead like a lot of our other friends are dead today. That's true. I mean, our drummer, a great guitar player, passed away already. Uh, certain things that, and uh, just by the grace of God, we're still here today. I mean, we live dangerous. I remember driving down the road with some of these guys and shooting their guns out the window or pointing, the, and that's like hung, hanging around all this stuff. It's like the Lord and His angels protected us, man. Whew. But we're still here and we're here for a reason. I want you to look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. Anybody having a good time besides the preacher today? <laughs> Look at Romans chapter 8. This is New Testament. And I want you to notice Paul here said by the Holy Spirit to all believers everywhere, God that spared not his own son. See, God gave us his son, right? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall God not with Jesus also freely give us all things? 
But here, here's the thing you need to understand. God giving and us receiving is two different things. God wants everybody on this planet saved, but not everybody's receiving the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. God can't receive for people. You're going to have to take a step and believe. You know, Lord, I believe what you said. I believe Jesus died for my sins. And when you do that, something clicks on the inside and God works in you. It works the same way with all these other promises and all these other benefits. The thing that the Lord put on my heart to tell you today is take it all. Find out what the Lord's done for you and start believing for it all. If it doesn't show up immediately or after a month or two or a year or two, stay after it. Stay after it. The Lord's done great and mighty things for us. And and they're received into your life because you believe what he said. Jesus said this at the tomb of Lazarus before he raised Lazarus from the dead. Because Lazarus had been dead for four days and his sisters were crying. Oh, Jesus, if you would have got here earlier, he wouldn't have died. And, And all these things are going on. And Jesus comes there and says, roll away the stone. And he says to Mary and Martha... Of, the, of their brother that just passed away four days ago. He said, didn't I tell you, ladies, didn't I tell you? He'd taught this all the time, that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. You would see your brother raised from the dead. He, he said, if you believe, you're going to see something. It's not we see something, then we believe. It's we believe and then we see something. Things don't change just because you're crying. Come on, you've got to get in faith and believe that the Lord is our answer. These scriptures are true. And then the power of God goes into operation. And what we're believing shows up. It's the way it works. Talk to God if you don't like the way it works. He's the one that set it up that way. We receive what he's provided by faith. And I want to say this just as we wrap this up here. Faith is an attitude of the heart that God didn't lie. Faith is an attitude you take with you everywhere you go. Faith is an attitude that says yes to the promises of God in the midst of circumstances that say, no, 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 no. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Do you know if you could just tweak your attitude, if you could just tweak your attitude right now, you would see different things in your life. And the attitude we need to have if we want to be good receivers from the Lord is we need to have the attitude of faith. It's called the spirit of faith. David had it when he ran at Goliath. David had it when Goliath was defying the armies of Israel. And the Goliath said, I'm going to kill all you guys. And all Israel is scared. But then a teenager comes on the scene. King David, or wasn't king yet, but David comes on the scene, just a shepherd boy, and says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I'm going to take his head off his shoulders. I'm going to take him down. We're going to have a great victory today. Amen. And you know what? He ran at that giant with an attitude. Everybody say attitude you got to have an attitude about it. you got to have an attitude of faith. Teachings on faith are amazing. Principles of faith are wonderful. But if it never gets in your blood, it's not going to do much for you. David had an attitude in his blood. And you, you and I need to have the same attitude that God can't lie. These promises are true. No matter how I feel, no matter what it looks like, he forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. And everything going to be all right. Everybody say, everything is going to be all right. Go and turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. <laughs> okay, don't hold on now. I want you to turn to one more scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And Michael, we'll look at those three scriptures that I gave you earlier. I believe it's 15 and then 17 through 19. If you read through the scriptures, you're going to find out that Jesus, he, um, 
He shed his blood <coughs> so your sins could be totally wiped out. And that's a real good thing. The Bible also says that by his wounds and his stripes, ye were healed. The Bible also says that he became poor, that we through his poverty might be rich. Your head may under, understand all this right now, but I'm telling you, this is the gospel. The Bible says he came to heal the brokenhearted. And he put the same power in his church, which is his body, to heal the brokenhearted that he had when he walked there 2,000 years ago. There's power in this room right here and right now to heal your broken heart, to bind up any wounds in your life, to heal any bruises from abuse or people that did you wrong or certain circumstances. He cares about you. The power of God is here to heal you in those areas. He wants you free. He paid a great price so you could be free, so you and I could be free. I like what Carla was sharing earlier about exhorting the people about why sometimes we shout, why sometimes we dance and sing. Well, if you've been delivered from some of the darkness we've been delivered from, you're not going to care what people think either. Other people didn't die for you. He did. And when it's time to give thanks and worship and rejoice in what he's done, we need to just go ahead and just cut loose and let God have all the praise and the glory that he's due. So let me say this before we close. All these things, all, taking it all means find out all the wonderful things Jesus provided for you. In Psalm 23, it says that, you, it, Psalm 23 is one of the greatest scriptures in, in the Old Testament, I feel. It's a Psalm of David, and he says in verse 5, I think it was, he says that God prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Now, we know that's not talking about heaven because there's no enemies in heaven. So where's this table he prepares for us right here in this earth? This demon infested, sickness ridden, curse of the law world that we live in right now. God said, I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And what that means is there's things on that table that you have a right to partake of. But if you don't know what's on the table, how are you going to know what to partake of? There are some things that as your children go, you want them to be able to take as they grow. You want them to be able to take for themselves. Yeah. Amen. Spoon, feed, spoon feeding is great if you're a baby, but babies need to grow up. And all these things he's prepared on the table before us, therefore are taking. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are asking God to give what he's already given. Yeah. A lot of people are asking God to give what he told them to take. He's prepared great things for us, all spiritual blessings. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law, which includes everything that's wrong on this planet. And as you grow up and you move forward in the Lord, you've got to realize some of these things you're to take by believing. Taking, believing and taking is the same thing. Take those things into your life. And I want you to notice this scripture now in, in um, 1 Samuel chapter 1. You guys can start playing if you want. Just don't, just don't play so loud they can't hear me. <laughs> That's the good thing about having electric drums. You can really control the volume. I want you to notice this here. It says Hannah. Now, before, before you read that, let me, let me tell you. Hannah had a big problem in her life. She couldn't get pregnant. Back in those days, it was a way big deal. She had prayed, she had cried, she had cried, and she had prayed. Her adversary vexed her sore, ridiculing her because she couldn't have kids, and, and she's wanting to have kids with her husband, and she's not able to have kids, and she's praying, and she's crying, and she's praying, and she's crying. And here it says, Hannah, 
answered and said to the priest Eli, No, my lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Go to verse 17. And then Eli, and this is the priest or the preacher of the day, he answered and said to Hannah, Hannah, listen, you prayed your prayer. Go in peace, and the God of Israel will grant you your petition as you have asked of him. Next verse. And, and, and she said, Let your handmaid find grace in your sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Everybody say she was no longer sad. Up to this point, she was sad, 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 and she was getting nowhere with the Lord. Her prayers weren't answered. But when the man of God said, Hey, listen, tweak your attitude, honey. Be glad. Believe the Lord heard your prayer. What are you waiting for? Believe that He heard you. Believe that He heard your prayer. She decided to take the man of God up and say, You know what? I'm going to go ahead and believe that my prayer was heard. No more of this sadness. She tweaked her attitude. Let me tell you, church, better attitude, better life. You may not be able to change your circumstances, but your attitude can. If you get it right, God and your attitude can work together and change things. Right? Fix your attitude, you fix your life. And we're talking about an attitude of faith. God didn't lie. Find these promises. Get excited about them. Go to a church that preaches the full gospel. And watch these things begin to show up in your life. So she decided to go her way, believe her prayer was answered, tweaked her attitude, her countenance was no longer sad. The next verse says, she was no longer barren. She was able to have kids. The Lord remembered her. When did the turnaround happen? When she got in faith, church. She believed, you know what? I'm going to quit looking at my circumstances, believe God heard my prayer, and I'm going to start being joyful and happy even though nothing's changed in the natural. And that's when the power of God came on the scene, and that's when a miracle happened in her life. Well, if it worked for Hannah, it'll work for you. Say this with me. I am adjusting my attitude to faith in God.